0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. This message is by Clive Urquhart. I've really been looking forward to this three-week series that we're going to start uh, across the whole church uh, called God's Lordship in the Home. And I believe that God wants to restore something that's been lost, not only in the church, Uh, or in the body of Christ but in our homes that then affects how the church is and how effective the church can be in reaching the world and affecting what is going on in society. I believe that family is fundamental to what God is doing, not just family in the home but the church family. So we're going to look over these next three weeks and really kind of unpack what does it mean to have God's lordship in our homes. Now you might be asking what has this got to do with harvest? What has this got to do with what God has been speaking to us about as a church about Him releasing His rain, the rain of His Spirit in a fresh way, harvest which is not just many, many people giving their lives to Jesus. It does mean that, but it also really means many people becoming disciples, their lives being turned around inside out in the way that God wants to work in their their lives and families. Now, as we go through these three-week series, we're going to really discover how important the home is to what God wants to do out there in the world. So we're going to dig right in right at the beginning We're going to go through a lot of scriptures this first week So just have your hearts really opened And ready to receive what God wants to say and do I want to pray right at the beginning of this morning As we're speaking to all the congregations Across the life of the church So a big welcome to everybody watching and listening this morning Let's just pray because we, 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 don't, we don't just want to hear something from God this morning We want to be ready to respond to Him And then see something change change in our homes as a result. Amen. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for what you want to do. We thank you for what you are doing already. People giving their lives to you, people being healed, miracles taking place. We thank you for what you are doing and we praise you and we rejoice over all of those things. But Father, we know you want to continue to work and move. You want to do something new in our lives and in our homes. And Father, we thank you for the grace that enables us to not only hear from you, but actually respond to you in terms of what you wanna do in us and what you wanna do in our homes. We thank you that as a result of that, we're gonna see many, many other homes come to know you, households being saved and transformed. So we praise your mighty name, amen. Amen, great. You're gonna have a lot of scriptures that come up on the screen as well as you watch and uh, you can obviously look them up in your Bible. Take some notes as well if you can, because there's gonna be a lot of content uh, in these uh, in this series that you can take home and really work through, we're going to give you a handout as well at the end of the three weeks that will just give you some kind of prompts and some next steps and how to work this out in uh, in your home, in your family, in your household. Okay, so let's crack right in there. So this series is called God's Lordship in the Home. I want to start in Luke two, verse fourteen? It says, "Glory to God in the highest." And on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. Then Isaiah 53 verse 5 says, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Then in Numbers 6, 24 to 26, it says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the lord turn his face toward you and give you peace now in all three of those scriptures the word peace is used so glory to god in the highest and on, on earth peace to men then it talks about god taking uh, our sin and our sickness and all the things that we deserve to be punished for he took them upon himself and instead he gives us peace then it talks about the ironic blessing how god speaks blessing over our lives that he blesses us keeps us his face shines towards us and to give us peace now the word peace in in hebrew is the word shalom okay and the word shalom means total and abundant well-being it means complete wholeness it means nothing missing nothing lost It actually means the way things are supposed to be. Now, how many of you want that in your home? How many of you want that total well-being, that complete wholeness, nothing missing, nothing lost? Well, that's God's heart and that's God's intention. And what He wants to do, He wants to bring His shalom into our homes in a fresh way. But you and I have a key part to how that happens and what that looks like so that His Lordship is established in our own relationship with Him, if you're married in your marriage, if you've got kids, in your family. Obviously we all have households in different ways, extended family, we all have friends that come round our homes and and if you're you're single people and you live with a bunch of guys that's like a household. It might be that uh, you're in a small group and when your small group meets, God wants his lordship to be there. So a lot of things we're going to talk about apply in the home primarily to our family and household but also a small group context can be massively impacted by what we're going to be looking at over these next few weeks. So God wants to bring his shalom, his abundant, total well-being, complete wholeness, nothing missing, nothing lost. How many of you are praying for family members that don't know Jesus? How many of you are praying for family members that have gone away from the Lord and you want to see them come back to the Lord? And so this is what, what we're going to be looking at, the power of God's peace, his shalom, his completeness, everything that he wants to do to restore what might have been lost Uh, to restore things that have been missing so there is nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing lost. If you want that, just say, Amen. That's what I want, God, in my home, in my family. And that's what I'm going to go for. How many of you know that there are many, many families, many, many homes and households that do not have God's shalom, God's complete wholeness, well-being and his power at work in their lives. Now, in the home... Someone must have authority. Somebody has to take responsibility in the home. As the pastor, I have a responsibility in the life of the church and leaders in the life of the church have responsibility and authority from God to lead and to teach, to train and equip. But in your home, I don't have that authority that you have. In your home, you are the priest. You are the pastor. You are the one that is leading in your home. You're the one that God has given authority to in your home to see his shalom, his peace, his total well-being, his life, his power come into your home. And so this is what this is going to be about over the next few weeks, to see his life and his power released in to your situation, right where you live. In 1 Peter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness and into His wonderful light. Now, this there's, there's a few things we just want to take out of this verse to help go and give context to what we're looking at and what God wants to do uh, this morning. It says, but you are a chosen people. First of all, you're chosen. Somebody who's chosen is picked out because somebody wants them to be part of whatever they're chosen for. So firstly, God has chosen you, calls you by name. Then he brings you into what's called a royal priesthood. The royal priesthood is the body of Christ. It is the church. Okay, It's the people of God, the kingdom people that he's called us to be. He's also called us to be a holy nation. So he's called us to be holy. Now that's going to be really important as we unpack what this looks like to bring shalom into our home. He says a people belonging to God so that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. So if we're a priesthood, then that means that if you're a believer, if you know Jesus, then you are a priest, the Bible talks about. Now, you might be thinking, well, what does it mean to be a priest? What does that look like? A priest is someone who is set apart by God, who ministers first of all to God, but also prepares and sets sets things up For God to come and minister to others. Okay? So a priest worships God, serves God, honors God, but also is someone who prepares a setting and a place for others to come and receive from God, a place where people can be ministered to by God. So that's what a priest is uh, in in a situation, according to the Bible. Now, we want to take that and apply that to the home. If we are priests, if we are those who are believers, or we might use a modern phrase, if God has called you to be the pastor in your home... Uh, then we have certain responsibilities and we'll, we'll look at those in a few minutes. So as priests, we're part of a priesthood. What is that? As we've said, it's the church, it's the body of Christ but we're also a royal priesthood. Why are we a royal priesthood? Because we serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're part of a kingdom where Jesus is King and He is Lord and because he is king and he is Lord, we have a kingdom, there's royalty. And so we're brought out of darkness, as it says in that verse, out of a place of separation into his wonderful light, into a kingdom of light, into a kingdom where Jesus rules and reigns. And we want that rule and reign to be in our homes. Amen? How many of you want that in your situation, in your home? Okay? So let's have a look at Revelation, verse, verse, chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. He says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. So that verse again reinforces the fact that he has made us a kingdom of people that we are now part of His kingdom. We are a kingdom people. We we live on earth, but we're not subject now to the kingdom of the earth. We're now subjects of citizens of another kingdom. So we want to live according to those kingdom principles, the kingdom life that God has given us. And as part of that, He calls us priests to serve Him and bring glory and honour to Him. So we want to see His glory and His honour In our homes. How many of you want to see that in a new and fresh way in your your home in the coming days and weeks? So, God has commissioned us as priests, okay? Now, God never intended there to be what's called a Levitical priesthood. So, in the Old Testament, there were 12 tribes, and one of those tribes was the tribe of, of Levi, the Levites. And God had set them apart as priests, those that were going to do the priestly functions of preparing the tabernacle uh, where they were going to come and worship God and present their offerings and sacrifices it's where the the, uh, the ark of the covenant was and the presence of God was and so the levites would prepare that environment for everybody else to come and worship and sacrifice and come before the lord now god never intended that in the first place he always intended that every person would know him personally and every person who knows him would be a priest before him somebody who doesn't have to come through anybody else or or where somebody else has to set up that environment. God always intended for us to be, uh, every person that knows him, to be a priest um, before him. But because of the way the people were, they, they didn't live holy, they didn't obey the things of God, they didn't walk with God in, in that way. So he had to set something up that... Uh, The Levites and the priests that would then prepare the way for the rest of the Israelites. So when they came, they had to go through certain cleansing rituals and certain things to make so they were clean and ready to then come and worship and present themselves before the Lord. Okay, But that was never God's intention. He never intended them to have kings. He always wanted to be their king directly. So they worshipped him as the king of kings and the Lord of lords. But because they wanted a king, ultimately he gave them what they wanted. Wanted and some kings served God, some kings didn't serve God. But in our homes, we want him to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. And we want to be those priests before him in our homes. So let's have a look. What did the priests actually do? So they prepared and set things up for God to come. So in our homes, we have a responsibility to set things up in our homes, the environment, the atmosphere for God to come with his shalom in our homes so that we see his life and his power released in there. Okay, so let's just have a quick look and uh, something's going to come up on the screen now and we're going to look at five kind of levels, if we can put it that way, of what we're part of. First of all, we have God and we have Jesus, and we know that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So we have God as Father, we have Jesus as the King of kings, and we have the Holy Spirit. Then they are King of kings and Lord of lords over the kingdom of God. Then we have God's kingdom. Within God's kingdom, we have the church or the church universal. We have the body of Christ. Then we have within that the local church. Now, every believer on the planet, everybody who gives their life to Jesus and says they're a follower of Jesus needs to be part of a local church, part of the body locally. And that that local church is part of the church worldwide. But then as part of the local church, we have the believer, we have the home. And there's a word here, ecclesia, which means church. It means those that have been set apart. Now we already understand as being priests that we are set apart to minister to God and to serve Him. And in our home, which is really the first Ecclesia, it's the first place where we come together to worship God and we want to create an environment in that home where God comes. Now, how many of you, as as you're kind of listening and looking at what's on the screen there, realise that the strength of the local church is going to be determined by the strength of what is going on in our homes? So if our homes have got trouble and angst and strife and issues and loads of things going on and and we don't give space for God to come in our homes and in our families, in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships to, to bring healing, to bring forgiveness, to bring restoration for His presence to come into our homes. If we're not cultivating that in our homes and we see Him growing and strengthening who we are as family in our homes, then, then when we come into the local church, why would that suddenly change? And we have a strong local church, but actually in our homes there's fragmentation, there's strife and there's trouble and all of that. So God wants to restore His shalom, His life, His power, His healing in our homes because the local church is determined by the strength of what is going on in our homes and in our lives personally, then when we come together as the local church, as the body where we are, then we bring the life and the strength and the power of what God is doing in us individually, in our marriages, in our families, in our homes. We then come together. Imagine what that would look like if His life and power is being released in our homes every day, every week, every month. What would the local church look It would be powerful wouldn't it? What would it look like if the church then had the local church all over the nation, all over the world, who are strong in their homes with God, strong in the things of God in their homes, bringing that to the local church, then the local church nationally, what would that look like as the body of Christ? It'd be powerful, wouldn't it? How many of you believe that? Now we know in the 21st century culture that we live in, there's a huge, huge attack on family life there's a huge pressure uh, in our culture that we live it's a pressured culture it's a driven culture the culture we live in is is you've got to produce 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 you've got to be successful you've got to succeed you've got to strive to the next level you've got to increase that have more of the other you've got to be like this there's such a, a pressure to, uh, to conform to the way that, that society says. And, and, and what happens, it squeezes out quality time. It squeezes out space to develop healthy relationship. It's like, it's like it squeezes out because I've got to work longer hours. I've got to earn more money for the bigger house, the nicer car, the better lifestyle. And what happens is pressure comes on relationships, pressure comes in the home, financial pressure, stress, emotional turmoil and various things. There's no time, no space, no room to breathe in, in the culture that we live in. And this, this parallels very much to the situation that the Israelites found themselves in Egypt. When they were slaves to the Egyptians, they were enslaved, they were driven by the Egyptians to have to produce they were there was a It was a ruthless system that they were they were part of that they couldn 't get themselves out of unless somebody got them out of it unless somebody redeemed them, got them out of the situation and so that 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 scenario with the Israelites, which we 're going to look at in a minute is is very similar to the culture that we have. Today. Now, what does that mean for our families? Well, because of the pressure of the culture and the way that society is, we don't get around the table in the same way that we used to. I don't know what happens in your homes, but in many homes, people don't sit round the dinner table. They don't sit round and eat together and talk together and talk about the day and share what's going on and what's happening at school, at college, at work or in different environments. You know, Quite often now people just eat whenever it suits them or they just sit round the telly and watch TV or everybody's off in their own rooms, kind of on, on the internet, social media, playing games on computer consoles and just doing different things and they grab some food and go off and it's like there's a fragmentation in relationships. We don't gather round the table in the same way. And one of the things that God wants to restore in our homes is when we get around the table and we begin to share and talk and our mobile phones are put over on the side. They're not allowed at the table. You know, why? Because we want quality time with everybody in the room and we want to see God do something new and fresh in our family. In order to do that, we've got to give space. We've got to give time for God to do something new and fresh. And God has a solution to that. Let's have a look at Genesis chapter 2 to verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God had finished the work that he'd been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So we see right at the beginning of Genesis, right in the first couple of chapters of the Bible. He created for six days but then had the seventh day as a day of rest. Now the word rest or rested here in Hebrew means Shabbat or Sabbath. Many of you are going to recognise that word, okay. It's Shabbat or in English uh, it means Sabbath. Now many people associate Shabbat or the Sabbath with the Jewish people. And, and many Christians would, would maybe say, well, that, that's something that Jewish people do, the Sabbath. Well, they do that Friday night and on Saturday. That's a Jewish thing. Uh, or we say, well, that's just an Old Testament law thing or it's a religious thing. As Christians, we don't keep the Sabbath. We, we're not supposed to do that. We've been freed from all of the stuff in the Old Testament. And, uh, and so therefore, we can easily kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, the Sabbath's not irrelevant now, so we just want to live in a new covenant way and, and, and everything from the old has been fulfilled in Jesus. But actually, Jesus came to bring alive some things that were in the Old Testament that are relevant for, for us today in our lives. And we're going to unpack that and what that, that means. So let's have a look. What did, what did God actually say then about, what does it say about the Sabbath? He said that on the seventh day he rested, he Sabbathed, if we can use that word, he rested and it says he made it holy. Now what is it, earlier on when we looked about what does it mean to be a priest, to be a priest means you're set apart and we've become a holy nation, a holy priesthood. So God has set us aside as a holy people. If you know Jesus, then God looks at you as being a holy, a holy person, that you've been set apart to serve Him and to know Him. If you don't know Jesus, then God wants to work in your heart and life today, and He wants to bring you into a relationship with Him so that you can come into everything that, he w- that we're talking about today that can happen in people's homes. He wants, that, he wants that to happen in your home, in your family, in your household too. So God made the seventh day holy, okay? Now the word Sabbath as well as holy, what does it mean? It means sacred time. It means sacred space. It means an appointed time that God has set aside for a specific purpose. So when it says that God rested, what does that mean? It doesn't just mean he sat back, put his feet up and did absolutely nothing. It means that he'd been busy creating, busy doing stuff six days of the first week of creation. But then on the seventh day, what does it mean? It means he rested from all the work that he'd been doing and then he Sabbathed. He rested in himself. He rested in his presence. He rested in his shalom. He rested in his peace. He rested in his rest. And we're going to unpack. So what does that mean? Because when we begin to talk about Sabbath over the next few weeks, we're not talking about a legalistic thing that we've all got to start doing and and, and we start sundown at six on Friday and and sundown to six on Saturday or whatever. Um, This is talking about an appointed time that God wants with you and me in our homes, in our families, in our households, where we make space for His shalom to come in, His total well-being. Nothing missing, nothing lost. His abundant wholeness. How many of you want that in your homes? But often life is so busy and we're running from this to that and to the other that we never actually make space and stop and rest from all of the stuff we're doing during the week, all the activity and things that are going on and make space and say, God, this is your time. This is your space that you have appointed to be with us to come and work and move powerfully in our home. Now in Hebrews 3 and and 4, it talks about rest in there. Now we're not gonna read all of it because we don't have time to go through all the different verses that talk about rest in there. But the the word for rest in English is R-E-S-T and we look at it and, and we just think rest means rest. I'm going to rest from this, rest from that, rest from the other. But in Hebrews 3 and 4, there are three different words, Hebrew words for rest that are used in these two chapters that help us understand the writer, when he was writing Hebrews, what he meant by rest. Many people think that when we talk about the Sabbath rest, that that just means um, when you're Jewish and you keep the Sabbath but if you're a Christian, you don't keep the Sabbath now because that's Old Testament or it was the law in the Old Testament. And we now live as believers in the Sabbath rest because we know Jesus, our lives are in Christ now. And therefore we don't keep a lawish thing like that because now we're living in Christ 24-7. So we don't need to observe the Sabbath and everything. Now, that's I understand what you're saying and we're going to unpack that or you might be thinking... And that's true. But there's also another meaning, two other meanings to rest in Hebrews 3 and 4. And what we find the right to the Hebrew saying is there's three words for rest. One is to cease from your work, your daily schedule. The other one, when it talks about coming into the rest of God, it talks about coming into the abode of God. The presence of God. It talks about being in, that abode means to be in relationship with God. It means you're, you're, who you are in Christ. You're now a new person in Jesus because you know Him, you've got relationship. So it means abode, in His habitation, in His presence, in relationship with Him. That's your 24-7 relationship with God, okay? So, so far we're ceasing from our natural work and efforts and labour, what we do as work and our daily schedule. We also rest in the abode of God, who we are as a believer in relationship with Jesus. But then also it talks about there the Sabbath rest. Now the Sabbath rest in Hebrews here means that there's an appointed time within your schedule, your weekly schedule, and as who you are in Christ as a believer who you are in your relationship with Him, there's an appointed time called the Sabbath rest where God during that seven day period ceases from our labour in relation to who we are in Christ that we stop and we have a Sabbath rest during the week where we give space an appointed time with God where He comes in and does something amongst us in our family, in our household, in our home. And that's what what the writer to the Hebrews is speaking about here. We cease from work and in the context of our relationship with God, there needs to be a Sabbath rest and a point in time where God moves in and does something amazing. How many of you are with me so far this morning? Is this okay? Now, why does God want this Sabbath in your home? Because He wants to bring shalom. He wants to bring total well-being. Some of you uh, may be listening and watching this morning are thinking, well, I've got angst in my home. I've got pressures. There's anxiety. I'm worried about this. And my kids are here, there and everywhere or my parents are off here, there and everywhere and, or, or a relative or whoever it might be. And, and, and I, I need some peace in my own heart and life. Well, we need some peace in our home. We need some, something to take place in our, in our home. So why did God come up with Sabbath rest because he knows what we're like as people, that we're chasing the dream, we're chasing this, we're chasing that. He knows what our 21st century culture is is like and we don't want to be driven by the culture of the day, we want to be led by God and by his Holy Spirit in our lives. And so he wants that total abundant well-being, Complete wholeness, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing lost. As a priest in the home, you can create that environment because what's one of the things a priest does? He prepares and creates an environment for God to come. If we never make space, we're asking God to come and fit in with our busy schedule and lifestyle. And, and God is saying, hey guys, I want to be Lord. I want to be number one. I want to be the centre. I want everything to flow from me being the centre in your lives, being the centre in your homes. I want everything to stem from that. And so as priests in the home, we're therefore going to bring shalom into the home and we're going to kind of look, how do you do that over the next couple of weeks? What do you do? How do we do that? How do you get round the table uh, and eat together? How do you have communion and break bread together? How do we have communion? What do we do? How do we pray for one another? How do you pray for your husband or your wife? How do you pray and speak blessing over your children? How do you pray for those that might be coming around and having dinner? Because this isn't just about your family. You can have other families around. You can have friends around. You can eat together. You can uh, break bread together. You can pray together. So how do we bring the shalom of God into our home? How do we see God's life and power released? Well we're going to unpack that over the next uh, few weeks as we create a space called Sabbath because that's what it is, a sacred space, sacred time, God's appointed time. So it's not just an appointed time that we make with God, it's an appointment that He has made with us how many of you want to keep appointments that God makes? I certainly do. And we want to make space for God to, to work and move in our homes. Now, just before we pray and, uh, and just conclude this morning and release you into this week, be, I just want to encourage you to pray into this stuff over the next uh, few days before next week. And we're going to get a bit more practical as the next couple of weeks go on. We just want to set the scene today. But one of the things that happened in the church a few hundred years ago through Constantine uh, was that that the priesthood of the believer in the home was stripped out. And what happened is buildings were being built called churches. Everybody was told that you need to come to church now. And if you wanted to have your sins forgiven, that you need to come to church and confess those sins to a priest. If you wanted to have communion, you had to come to a building where a priest would give you communion. If you wanted to worship, you had to come to a building to worship because you can't worship in in your home on your own. And and there were all these things that they brought into the church and they stripped out that priesthood of the believer in the home. If you want to read the Bible, you have to come to the church and somebody's going to read it. And so they outlawed certain things in that time that you could do in your home. Now, how many of you know that that is not what God wants? And this is why God wants to restore the priesthood of the believer in the home where things have been stripped out. And much of the focus in the church has been on the local church and how you as an individual serve the church, serve as part of the church, serve the local thing to make it happen. But these messages about how does God want to serve you and I in our homes How does He want to restore His life and His power in our homes? How does He want to restore His shalom so that in our homes they are a place of peace, a place of rest? Where none of your kids have nightmares, where where you don't keep having your sleep broken because there's anxiety and worry and angst going on. Where you sleep well, your kids sleep well. There's no fear, there's no anxiety. Stuff around our lives is not going on in the same way because we're creating space for God. Now imagine as we live this way as in our households, what that's going to look like in terms of reaching people that don't know Jesus, friends and family that we have that don't know the Lord yet, households that God wants to bring to, to the Lord. What's that going to look like as we live in that way? How many of you want shalom in your home? Amen. Okay, let's just pray together. And then uh, in each congregation, the congregation leaders is going to come and and lead through a response and we're going to use a song this morning as part of our response and the song is is called New Wine and so as we're responding it's really about God's new wine being released in our lives and in our homes and so we're going to uh, play that track in a minute and then during that track I want you to not just sing the song itself but use it as a prayer and as a response for God to, to, in the working that He's doing in our hearts and lives, that there'll be new wine, new release of His Spirit in our homes and in our lives. So let's just pray. Father, we thank You for the Word this morning. Father, I thank You that You'd enable us to respond right now to Your Word and what You want to do. Father, we thank You. We want to restore Your Lordship and Your shalom in our homes, total well-being, total abundance. We thank You, Father, for the power of Your Spirit being released right now as we just use this song to respond and just surrender ourselves afresh to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.